Life's a Mitch. All right. Alrighty, guys, welcome back to another episode of Life's a Mitch podcast. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce Genevieve Rodder. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks for having me today to have a chat. Thanks for coming on. Well, first things first, um, where do we find you today and how's the year treating you so far? Uh, today, I'm actually on a holiday, so I'm having a nice break at the moment, sitting outside on my back deck with a coffee, chilling. So it's actually um, been an interesting year, so to speak. We've been pretty busy and we, I guess everyone's had to deal with COVID and stuff going on, but it's an interesting time trying to work and do music with that going on in the world, that's for sure. Well, yeah, that's you 100% right. Now, some of the, I wanted to talk to you about like, you know, the genesis of your music career and, you know, how you formed and how COVID's been treating you all through that time, as well as talk about the new album and stuff like that too, of course. But first things first, just like every other every other episode that I do, I like to get the guests to come on and have a good whinge mind sook. And I was just wondering, would you like to join me in having a bitchy with Mitchie this week? Definitely. Always got something to bitch about. <laughs> <laughs> so generally, I, I let the guests choose if they go first or I can go first. It's okay. It's up to you. Would you like to go yeah. first or? I'm happy to go first. Okay, I can cool. have a good whinge. <laughs> what's been something, what's something that's been getting on your nerves of late? Uh, well, recently I have to say airlines, they are a pain in the ass, literally. Um, went to, I went to a small break last week for a holiday, three days away and was totally prepared for the two hour wait that they told us we had to get there early because, you know, they didn't have enough staff and, rushed all the way up the highway thought we were going to be late getting there and then got to check in and couldn't check in they had to send us to the counter and then they decided that they were splitting all of us up on the plane so my poor two kids had to sit with strangers they didn't know and the plane was actually two hours late leaving so that was pretty frustrating because then we got to Queensland late and then the motel was ringing me wondering if we're going to turn up and yeah, airlines are my pet hate. They've, I've had dramas with airlines, with the band as well, music industry, losing gear, changing flights. Yeah, they are. They're pretty painful, especially Jetstar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, no longer any more future potential endorsements with Jetstar. But that's I don't good. think they're going to care. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. I'm really joking. Um, and me too. Like I recently had a flight um at the start or just you know it was the sort of things are coming out of lockdown and it was a because i've just moved to orange so this was a just a direct flight from newcastle to brisbane something they do every day yeah. flight was cancelled and then we had to back when we finally did get going went down to melbourne picked passengers up and then went back north to brisbane so what usually takes an hour took five hours later wow. That's, yeah and this is this is the insane thing they they can do what they want whenever they want how they want and don't give a shit about everyone else's timeline or what you've got to get to or what's important. And yeah, that really frustrates me. Like even paying, I don't even bother paying for seats anymore because previously I've been on flights where I've paid to sit in certain spots and then they've split us up anyway in COVID and gone, no, you need to sit here and you need to sit there. So I sort of, yeah, they're, they're one, one, uh, company that really does get up my nose. <laughs> even previously we, last year, we went to Queensland, same thing and Jetstar canceled our flights even coming back. And that's the reason we went up this time. We had credit left over from the previous flights they'd cancelled on us. So I wanted to use them and not waste the money. But they still managed to stuff us around this time going up there, being late. And yeah, it's just, I think a lot of people can talk about airlines and dramas they cause. Yeah, well, you're 100% right. And 
yeah, as I just said, even the most common uh, routes that they take, you would think would be bread and their bread and butter, but no, it's it's not like COVID. In many ways, obviously, it's affected the arts. It's affected every aspect of life. And yeah, I don't. If I cannot get on a plane now, I will. But obviously, when you're touring and stuff, you'll need to. So, no, nah, fair point. Yep, and you need them to be on time. Being late is not good when you're a touring band. <laughs> no, nah, fair cool. Do you hear that, Jetstar? Pull your fingers out. Cheers, guys. Um, so oh, I always feel good. Like for me, I guess this week. Orange, I don't know if you've ever been here. It's cold as hell. Like today we're going for a top of three degrees. Like I know it is winter, but I've just moved here from Newcastle a few months back. I'm still not used to it. And the locals are going, oh, just wait till the real cold snap comes through. I'm like, it's minus four. What are you talking about, you dickhead? (laughs) There's not much I can do. I'm trying to get fatter to help me out and I've got no hair on my head because I'm bald ass. So i got no chance. (laughs) I feel sorry for you because I actually... I detest winter. I am a summer person. That's why yeah. I'm sitting on my back deck now getting the sun because I actually hate the cold. So hence why we'll go to Queensland in winter if we can for a couple of days. But, um, yeah, I can relate. I feel sorry for you. That's terrible weather. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair enough. We, um, I'm sitting here under a heater. I'm, I'm, I'm wrapped in about four layers and I've even got a doona around me. So I, <laughs> I look like I'm filming a, a blanket infomercial or something. That's it. That's- that's awesome. <laughs> I would be doing the same if I was in the same place, I think. <laughs> Honestly, I, I just said that out loud and thought, oh, Mitch, you were an absolute dickhead. What are you doing, champion? <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So that's, I feel good after a good bitch and, you know, the cold yeah. weather. I can, can piss off for all I'm concerned. Um, yep. So this is a, as you may not be aware, this, this is a storytelling podcast, so I'd like to sort of go over things in like a timeline, like a few other musicians I've spoken to, it was similar. Um, you know, it's kind of the things I had to get started. What are your, some of your inspirations, et cetera. Um, yeah. but my, my, a question I do like to ask is what was the genesis of your music career and what was one of the first ever fandoms that you ever had, whether it be a, a show, a band or whatever. So what's one of your first ever fandoms? Oh, look, my first show was probably pretty epic. It was, well, for me, it was epic. I was 14, my first gig. So we played a hall because it was a, a town or a, a birthday party for someone. We got hired, our band got hired to play this party. And it went totally ballistic. The town ended up having all the kids came being a high school party and there was a huge fight out the front of the hall and the police had to come and the fire brigade and break up this fight. So we had this epic first gig. We had the back room with the grog stuck in there, even though we're all underage. <laughs> <laughs> I think the bathroom got trashed at the hall we played at because of the fight. And then we didn't end up getting paid because they had to use their money to repair the bathroom that they were going to pay us. And <laughs> but it's just one of those rock and roll moments, even at 14, where I was like, yeah, this is really cool. I'm going to stick with this. <laughs> No money involved, but it was, yeah, it was good fun. So, I mean, even way back then, I knew that that was what I wanted to do. And that was my first taste of the craziness of the scene playing metal or, yeah, at parties and doing gigs. Yeah, so was that was that with Labyrinth or was that before before the pre-Labyrinth days? That was even before Labyrinth. That was when I, I first joined Anthony Fox's band, like I said, at 14. I was doing some singing lessons 
I could already play basic guitar um, and I knew a guy called Andrew who was a drummer at the time and said that they were looking for a singer in this band. So I auditioned and got in. They were playing mainly covers at this time. We are doing sort of Skid Row, Gunners, Metallica, a bit of Motley Crue, and then slipping in the occasional original song. So that's how we started out just um, doing shows. I can't even remember what we were. It's that long ago. How about that? I can't even remember what the first. It might have actually even been labyrinth but it's 14 was a long time ago now i don't remember <laughs> what had i had last changes. week yeah i don't remember yeah. what the shit i did last week let alone being 14 again so yeah. i don't blame you there so you know so you started out um, on the south coast uh, doing heavy rock like for those of you unaware uh this woman can sing holy cow an amazing amazing set of uh, pipes like metal bands like just absolutely the first time, so I got to give shout outs to Dave Haddon or Grover, as I know him as. He put me on to Temptress, and because I love that genre of metal, of metal, of heavy like rock, and um, and I just hear it, I was mesmerised, and we sat there for hours. And ever since, like you were in my, uh, some of your songs are in my most rotated for Spotify's twenty twenty one list, wow. and um, so I, I've become an absolute fan. So for those of you out there, go and listen, do yourself a favour, and um, so. After you've started there and almost broke the, the venue by the sound of things, um, <laughs> how did you get from sort of labyrinth days to the formation of Temptress? Was it a long period of time or how did you yeah. originally start out? Uh, Temptress, Anthony Fox and I, we moved to Sydney just to form music basically to get contacts. Um, and we, we headed up to Sydney. We're living in Rockdale area up there started going to the Forest Inn, which was a venue in Sydney where bands were, so it was a, a pretty popular venue there that bands were playing at and um, met uh, Wayne Campbell, who used to drum for Mortal Sin and had a chat with him about wanting to start up a band again and do a female-fronted metal band and pretty much we got together and, um, yeah, started writing some music and jamming out tracks and that's where... Temptress began, we came up with the name Temptress because we wanted that female-fronted sounding band name. And it's still a rare thing even here in Australia. I know females in metal overseas is huge now, and but here in Australia it's still not a, a big thing. Even when I play festivals here, there's not many chicks in bands here. Um, but, yeah, that's why we went with the Temptress name and just sort of decided to start recording our first album and gigging that. We only pressed that first album ourselves, so there's not many copies of that around. If you've got one of them, it's a very, very rare release. It's actually, Temperance will be 20 years next year from its first release. So There you go, eh? 20, 20 years yeah. strong. How good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Crazy. Was it, who were some of the people that you've sort of found inspiration from? Are there several bands or people close to you? Uh, or, or who personally, professionally, who do you? Definitely. First album I listened to that really got me into the heavy was Gunners. I absolutely loved Guns N' Roses just because I loved that dirty, gritty sound, which is something I've always tried to bring into Temptress, even though I sing clean. I still like that grit in, in music. So that was an influence for me very early on. But then I, I absolutely, I remember hearing Bruce Dickinson sing Run to the Hills and I was like, yeah, I want to sing like that. And I had the voice to sing like that. So that's sort of where I went. But then I've got people like Jeff Tate, 
who um, I love as well. And then you've got, you know, your Dio of Rob Halford, all those sort of people. But yeah, they're sort of, I, I've always, Bruce Dickinson's been my main influence for me, um, for me vocally. For, I think just it's comfortable for me. My singing teacher wanted me to actually do opera and I was like, hell no, I'm going to sing in a metal band. <laughs> and I actually left school at 15 because I didn't give a shit about a career. I just wanted to sing. So yep. I've been, yeah, <laughs> it was a crazy thing to do at 15. But at the time it was like, I don't need, I don't need a career. I'm just going to join a band and make money that way, which was a 15-year-old a thing. You know, you think you're going to make millions, but you're not. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <the music industry. laughs> I'd say you're doing quite well considering, you know, 20 years strong plus, you know, your early days and your countless released albums and stuff. So I'd say you're going pretty strong. That 15-year-old made a good choice at the time. Yeah, look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing. Probably the only difference is there was a time when Fox and I talked about moving overseas and I often wonder if we had have done that, would we have been bigger than what we are now just because we would have had that opportunity to tour overseas where in Australia it's really hard like we're currently in the in the pro or in the progress of emailing festivals trying to get overseas and play because we know we're, we're well known here but to get that market overseas is where it is in metal in Europe and if we could get on some of those festivals then that would make a huge difference for our band and it's just yeah if we had moved over there you sort of wonder well would we have cracked that scene earlier you can you just gotta you can't change things you just gotta work with what you've got yeah that's fair enough do you is there you know amongst your time in your music career is there a a a gig or several gigs that that stand out as some notable ones that you really enjoyed yourselves uh definitely yeah look definitely our first support slot with accept that was 2014 and we had spent many many years applying to play for big bands and had just been sort of felt like we were being ignored and then we're finally given an opportunity to do that and that was a sellout show to about 750 I think it was at the factory floor and that was pretty epic to play that first major gig and to sit down after the show and talk to the accept guys that was really really cool um and since then we've been so lucky we we've you know played with loudness from Japan um Marty Friedman, um, Michael Sweet. We did an Anthony and I did an acoustic show with Michael Sweet, and he was absolutely he's from Striper. He was amazing. He sat down with Fox and they had the same guitar and they tuned up their guitars together and talked to us backstage. He was a really nice guy. So we've had these, you know, epic times with these people. And it's interesting to see who who takes the time out of these bigger musicians to actually talk to their support bands and make you feel welcome and comfortable so yeah there's definitely a few stories from shows we've done with the bigger bands that's for sure yeah nice well i love hearing like a different version of different take on things so those acoustic shows would have been really awesome to to have listened to as well um so i was just going to ask as well with your time going forward or is there someone that you will hope to work with in the future or is there someone else that you want to gig with as well or look I've always said I would love to do a show with Doro just because she was one of my female influences, um, Doro Pesh from Warlock. And I originally, she was going to come to Australia pre-COVID and she had a tour booked and we were hoping to, you know, it would have been my dream to get on that show with her 
um, and tour Australia with Doro. So hopefully she can come back. Um, so so that'd be one of my ticket lists that I'd love to you know, tick off and go, yeah, I've done that. Um, but then there's bands even like Flotsam and Jetsam, who I absolutely adore and people like Annihilator. So even to get on shows like that would be amazing. But so I guess where if we can get to the festivals overseas and there's get a chance to meet all those bands. I mean, I'd love to be able to do a show with Ralph from Primal Fear. I love his band, love his voice. I did some singing lessons with him um, just to get my vocal strength up from one of my tours. And that was a real cool thing to do. So plenty of people on my list I'd love to hang out with and, yeah, I mean, gee, imagine having the opportunity to tour with someone like Iron Maiden. You cannot imagine how good that would be. <laughs> oh, I just picturing that my face would melt being in the crowd. It'd be unreal. <laughs> oh, it would just be like that. And that's the thing, like, I don't fangirl a lot, but if I had that sort of opportunity, that would be just, yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> never say never. You spoke before yeah. about like COVID. How was how was the time for you all going into COVID? Did you make it through okay? Were you busy recording? What was what was COVID like for the, for you well, yourself and the band? We it was really frustrating for us because we were getting all these support slots with these major bands. We recorded um, we had recorded the Forever single, and we were looking at touring Japan with that release when we signed with Wormhole Death. And then COVID hit and it shut down all the bands coming over. It shut down our opportunity to get overseas. We had to make the decision whether to still still basically tour an album. And I decided that we would still push through. I know a lot of bands just shut up shop through COVID and decided not to do anything and have a break. But we actually pushed on, kept recording, kept yeah, releasing and touring and doing shows. So we still booked a tour. We did lose one show in Queensland, which we never got back to, um, which was a shame from COVID. But we still got to play Melbourne we st- where we saw David. We still um, managed to get to Adelaide. The shows may not have been as big as they usually would because venues had restrictions on people who could, how many they could have. People were weary about buying tickets because they knew that, you know, you could buy a ticket and then, Next week, the government could be going, well, screw you, you're not doing your show, we're, we're locking everyone down again. So it was a real risk, even to book tickets to fly to Melbourne. I was terrified about pressing that buy button in case it all just got cancelled. So it was pretty hard, but we pushed on. We did some live stream shows as well to keep us in the scene and keep us out there. And I'm glad we pushed on. And now we're, you know, crazily doing album number seven. <laughs> so... You're recording, recording that going through now, I guess. So you, you you released an album last year as well. No, um, 20, 2020, 2020. having a brain freeze now. We're up to 20, yeah, 2021 we released. No, 2020 we released Ritual Warfare. Yep. So, yeah, at the end. So now we're going to do 2023 will be a release for this next album, which, um, yeah, we're currently boys have started recording guitars the myself and my drummer will be going into the studio in September we've got that booked in to record uh, drums and vocals and we're hoping to have that release out early next year I'm just waiting on the record company to send me contracts to sign off and seal a date and then that'll all get announced so that's 
pretty exciting. It's been funny because we weren't planning on releasing an album so quickly, but Fox and I had an idea for an album and Nardi, our guitarist, had some ideas and songs written. So he sent us what he had and it all just started falling together so quickly that I was quite shocked actually how quick it came together that I ended up, um, yeah, messaging record company and asking if they wanted to work with us again and it's all just yeah happening quicker than we can keep up with which is a good thing because albums don't normally come together that easily so I'm hoping it's a good sign so we'll see well that's good uh, so ca- coming up for the rest of the year doing some recording to have any shows coming up as well or what does the rest of 2022 look like for you guys yeah. we have got um shows booked in October um we've sort of Taking that break to record at the moment, we did a live stream um, just this weekend gone. Anthony, myself and Nadi did a live stream just to help um, play for our fans and keep in contact with everyone. So we did that and we actually covered a Queensright song in that for a bit of fun. Nadi jumped on the piano. So, um, yeah, you can get on my page if people want to watch that. That should be still live if people want to have a listen. It's just us having a bit of a jam together and playing for a crowd. So if you want to check that out, but yeah, we've got um, October, we're playing Canberra, Newcastle, and there's also a Sydney show going to be announced. So just a a few shows, just that'll sort of be at the end of our recording. So we'll have a bit of fun there. Canberra is actually my birthday weekend. So that's going to be a party. Light up the capital, (laughs) eh? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel sorry for the motel. I'll apologize now. (laughs) <laughs> well um well, not a lot happens in that town so maybe it needs some bit of, a bit of life in it anyways how good so with this with the new album is it can you give us any hints as to is it going to be going in a different direction is it going to be uh can you give us any hints as to what it's going to be like or look or this album, all our albums have a theme and a bit of a concept this one's definitely got a concept um it's going to be we're going for a little bit something a little bit more modern and it'll still be Temptress, but we always try and, I mean, yeah, we have our sound, so we sound like Temptress regardless, but trying to do something a bit different, a bit fresh. Um, and, yeah, I'm excited. I've got a lot of big plans for this. I just need to rob a bank to make it all happen. Because <laughs> <laughs> fans pretty much fund their own shit, so it's that's why we have day jobs to pay for what we want to do. So that. <laughs> Yeah, um, the last the last lot of shows in October will help hopefully pay for some money I've got to hand out to the record company and recording studios. <laughs> yeah, as you know, when you sort of I'll refer to it as like a dual life. So you got your quote unquote regular job, and then you've got your passion mm. project. You know, like yourself, like you you're doing it because you love it. And for other people out there who might be sitting on the fence, who might have, you know ambitions to go and do something maybe like music or a radio show or something what advice would you pass on to those who might be listening to this that might be on the on the cusp of going oh i'm too scared or what can i do like what can Mm. does that make sense yeah look to tell you the truth we've i mean we've had lots of members in our band and people jump in and want to do the band thing and want to be a musician but it it is, a, there's a lot of work and it's a lot of commitment and you've got to want it. It's got to be part of you. You've got to, to achieve. I mean, it's nothing wrong with stopping when it gets too hard and stuff, but I'm one of those people, it, it is our life. Like I said, I've been doing it since I was 14. It's just part of me. I can't imagine not gigging or not recording or not writing music. I mean, 
Fox pretty much lives in the studio 24-7. He writes constantly, whether it's for us or for himself. That's just, it's who you are. So I guess if it's a passion, just have a go and jump in. I mean, you're either going to love it and want to continue with it or it's going to, even if you only do one album or a few shows and decide it's not for you, at least you've had a go. I mean, for me, it was a case of we jumped in and that's become our lives, like I said. So yeah, if you don't know, you don't you don't know unless you try. So I would say just give it a go and then see. Because yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing. I'd yeah, like I said, apart from maybe moving overseas. <laughs> well, who knows? Is is that a possibility in the future for you guys? Or uh, look, it's hard to say. I mean, you just never know, do you? And I, I never say never. You, I mean. If the opportunity came up for something big overseas, I would guess it depends if the rest of the band would want to move over with us. But um, I'd be I'd be like you, Mitch. It'd have to be somewhere warm. <laughs> yeah. I, so I just I I just moved out here for a job. So I do a seven on seven of rosters. So it it allows me to do stuff like this. You know, this is a yeah. passion project. I've got too big of a head to try and market myself, so I don't bother. But um, but you know, it's it's one of those things you you do you do it because you love it. And, you know, if you're yeah. talented enough to tour it and, you know, what are you, seven hours, seven albums in now and, you know, people are loving what you're doing, like it's it's all worth it. And I think yeah. those who have the strength like yourself and your band members to go out there and, you know, do what you love, I I, I respect the, the shit out of that personally. But yeah. um, And those like David Haddon who are just absolute mega fans and I'm becoming a fan <laughs> to mega fan status. Um, you know, it, it makes it all worthwhile. And I think that, yeah, I take strength from people like yourself. You know, it's always nice when fellow creatives get up and have a chin wag and are always happy to, to take the time. So I appreciate your, your time today. And if people want to interact with yourself or the band, uh, where can they find you? Like on this, whereabouts in the socials are you at? Uh, look, we've got a Temptress official Instagram page, and I've got my own um, uh, Instagram page. Also, we've got Facebook. We've, I mean, I, I'm happy. I've got, of course, I've got a limit of five thousand friends on Facebook. But even if you jump on there and follow me, I chat to pretty much anyone on Messenger if I can. I can't do it all the time because, like I said, I've got a day job too, and I work with kids in school, so I can't just get on and chat whenever people want. But we're always there and happy to even get to a show, you know, we come and have a drink with us at the bar. You come, if you end up like a camera said, half the people come to the show, stay at the same motel and we have after parties and just meet with everyone and hang out. And that's what it is about Tempest. We, we are about our metal family and making it grow and being, you know, connect with everyone. I'm not one of those people that walks into a show five minutes before I'm about to go on stage and walk out and not talk to anyone. I think, that defeats the whole purpose. You want to connect with the audience. So don't be afraid to reach out to us and, yeah, have a chat. <laughs> We're always here to say hi and answer some questions too if you want. So yeah, it's all sweet. good. I'll, um, I'll, I'll include links to the socials in the bio. And to all your fans out there, is there any, any messages or anything that you'd like to say to them? Look, just if you can get to a show, get to a show. Um, if you want to buy stuff, off us just shoot me a message it's really it's really um i'm a bit slack with running um shops and things on facebook and and stuff like that i'm one of those people that just if people want to buy merch or often with merch i only press enough that people can buy from me because i sell it out pretty quickly 
I find running a shop a pain in the butt on Facebook and stuff like that <laughs> website. So it's more like if I release stuff, just shoot me a message and I'll tell you if I've still got it. Um, but yeah, if you can get to a show, come and say hi. Come and you know, if, check us out on Spotify if you want to hear what we're like. And then if you like it, you can you know buy a CD off us or whatever, and happy to sign it and mail it your way. And yeah, it's just appreciate all the support everyone gives us because it's without the the support of people like yourself and David, we'd be nobody. So yeah, reach out and say hi. We're here. That's it. And you know, if you want to have a listen you find them on spotify wherever you get good music and um you know before we wrap things up i just got a question have you ever had one of your students see you at a show or recognize you from somewhere and have you ever had to have those worlds ever met or ever collided uh look i have i've got people have watched like it's funny we've got a couple of kids at our school that are metalheads and actually work in an autistic school so it's quite interesting seeing a lot of the autistic boys actually love their metal um They've, they've seen um, seen us our film clips and stuff, and sometimes they ask for a signed photo and things like that, which is kind of cute. But I've actually been down the street one day and I had this woman run up to me and go, oh, my God, are you Genevieve from the band Temptress? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it's really cool. weird getting caught up the street because, you know, you might be coming home from work and you feel like you look like a total dag because you've been at work all day and you're not exactly dressed in your... <laughs> latest metal attire because you've got your work uniform on and stuff but yeah it's I mean it's it's lovely for people to recognize you and then sometimes I even get people that come up and talk to me when I'm at shows and stuff and they know me and I don't know them and I feel terrible but I, I physically can't like not everyone looks like themselves on their Facebook profile either so when they come up and talk to me if I'm not interacting with people all the time I really struggle keeping up with everyone's name so I could feel a bit rude sometimes if I can't remember everybody, but I do my best. But yeah, I have had some, it is weird when a random person runs up in the street and starts chatting with you. <laughs> I'm bad with names at the best of times. <laughs> yeah. Not easy. But um, yeah, well, on behalf of myself and David, and I'm sure I speak for a plethora of fans when I say we appreciate what you all do and uh, we appreciate the tunes and we appreciate our faces melting and in Newcastle's <laughs> my old hometown and I'm going to check the dates, which I'll post as well for your tour. Um, if I can make it, I'll be there. I'll try and get Dave up if I can. It's actually the long weekend. I think David said he's got Bathurst to go to maybe, or maybe that was Canberra. I know he's a car fanatic. He is. He loves his cars and yeah, well, but <laughs> all good, but we'll, uh, we'll check that out. And just want to say thank you for coming on and, um, Happy rocking, and I look forward to my face being melted in a, in a, a gig very soon. So thanks for coming yeah. on. I, I really appreciate your time. And, um, yeah, as I said, I'll, I'll produce all the things in the bio. And, yeah, I want to say thank you, and I'll catch you on the next one. All right. Thanks, Mitch. I really appreciate it. One's up to everyone. Love you all. <laughs> thank you. See ya. Bye. Bye.